Hi, I am Andrea, and this is Empowered by Darkness, a podcast for anyone seeking to dive deep into all parts of themselves, especially the darker ones, to become empowered by the integration of these into uncovering your unique expression and purpose. Here we shed light on the self-hatred, the resentment, the need for validation and saving, the fear of being loved, the illusion of power and damaging patterns, and many more topics that will challenge you to bloom where you're currently planted. Welcome to your life's work. Take a seat and let's get started. Hi, welcome back to the Empowered by Darkness podcast. I am your host, Andrea. If this is your first time listening, welcome. I am so happy that you have decided to tune in. And I encourage you to check out the very first episode on this platform. It is no more than 10 minutes and it outlines the type of content that you can expect from Empowered by Darkness and also the format of the podcast, which is a little unique, so if you have the time, I encourage you to check that out. And thank you again for being here. And without further ado, let's dive right into today's topic, which is going to be a triggering and controversial one. So we get both. (laughs) We get both triggering and controversial. And honestly, I debated whether or not I wanted to record this episode, not because I don't believe in the message that I'm bringing forth, but because it's a topic that can be misconstrued, the intention of it can be misconstrued, and the last thing I want is for anyone listening, especially women, since this episode is very heavily geared toward my ladies listening, I never want a woman listening to feel like the messages that I bring forth are an attack to their integrity or their worth. In fact, the reason why I brought forth this episode today is because the topic that we're going to be covering was something that was so deeply tied to my sense of worth that I knew that I had to bring it forth because when something feels so heavily resonant to one's journey, it's more than likely that somebody else on this earth is also going through the same deal. And without further ado, because I always make very long-winded introductions, today's episode is all about the illusion of power in giving away one's body. So this episode is not designed to critique or shame women for their sexual choices, what they decide to do with or not do with their bodies. I am all for women owning their sexuality and feeling empowered through their bodily autonomy. I am all for that and I've always been because frankly we both know that there has been great stigmatizing of women for having open dialogue about sexual preference and about exploring their sexual life before marriage. And that is just something that I don't subscribe to on this podcast. And 
I know my listeners don't either. So this episode is less about discussing sex and more about turning the focus back to us. Back to how the act of giving our body makes us feel at a core level. What I mean by this is in the pursuit of sexual freedom by giving our body, do we actually end up finding less liberation than what we anticipated? I ask you, do you, like me, find that you end up disregarding personal boundaries? Or do you find yourself fulfilling someone else's fantasy and no longer your own because you're aiming to please the other person? Or do you find yourself, no matter how remote, there's a part of you that feels there might be trauma stored in your body from having gone on with something that didn't feel right, like deep down didn't feel right when you were in a sexual encounter with someone else. And that one's a tough one. That question is one that I personally subscribe to. I... I wanted to say from the get-go, trigger warning, this episode does have mentionings of sexual assault. And the reason why I have brought my personal experience to this topic is for the very same reason that I mentioned in the introduction. I, I am bringing forth the topic from a place of love and my deepest desire that it serves you on finding really the most authentic and lasting and loving sense of personal empowerment where you don't have to compromise your safety or your respect for yourself where you don't have to compromise anything that makes you you and i wanted really to note and kind of make a disclaimer that power can be found in being sexually liberated that's not something that i'm that i'm saying is not synonymous with everything else you can find for the first time through being with another you can start seeing how magnificent your body is how you're worthy of of passionate desire how you can give someone else pleasure but there's duality to this. There's another side to it. Because if you're finding all of those positive things coming out of giving your body to somebody else, you also have to be honest with yourself about where there may, there may be an illusion of control in, in giving away your vessel. Sex, even if it doesn't care about the need for trust or closeness, meaning it's casual, is still an act of closeness with a degree of surrender, no matter how small. And it doesn't matter how protected emotionally or physically you may imagine yourself to be, there will always be an exchange of intentions, motivations, and even preconceived notions of what's allowed when you're in an intimate scenario. And like I said, trigger warning, there are unwanted sexual acts mentioned in this episode. 
because I think it's important to shed light on the darkness that can be easily stumbled upon in a moment of perceived liberation and fun. Like I said, there's duality. There can be both. And my intention is for you to feel like you're not compromising anything, especially not your safety. So let me jump into describing a little bit of my story with this topic. So I grew up with a mother that rarely spoke about sex. She actually encouraged me to wait for the right person to be intimate with. And a lot of parents do this. They, they encourage their children to find real intimacy with another, not sacrificing their standards. And I didn't actually have any kind of intimacy with men until I was in college. So though I'd begun self-exploring before this and and I personally felt open to physical intimacy, I never villainized it because at my core it felt like it was healthy to explore this from a form of, of connection, from a place of connection. And there was an element in my childhood of, you know, religion and sexual encounters being villainized through that religious uh, teaching, but I never felt really connected to that idea. And in college, I was staying in a dorm room away from my family, and I was surrounded by new faces. People that inevitably came to influence my view of important topics in my life, and one of them being the way that I approached men. So the college culture that I was in was one that encouraged seeking casual sex. And a lot of college cultures do that. They actually encourage doing so with more than one individual. So I had a close friend, I think it was during my, my second year of college. Um, she was very sexual and she was constantly talking to me about her intimate encounters. You know, her and I shared similar backgrounds and her stories of being with men were always coded with this hue of empowerment. And I was always very mesmerized by that. The reason being that in college, like so many of us, I was still very much discovering where my confidence lay, what made me stand out from others, what I had to offer that was unique and worthy of attention and love. I was still discovering all of those things. And having had somewhat of a foundation of trust between my friend and I, I came to question the beliefs that I had grown up with. Subscribing to that made, for me, sexual promiscuity out to be something that wasn't as bad as I had grown up hearing. So I started to believe that there could be a kind of liberation and in turn confidence to be found in being the one to choose what I did with my body. So of course there was an element of my past relational trauma that poked its head in my views of intimacy, what it meant, what kind of boundaries were healthy to place, the different ways a relationship with another could happen and what that meant for me, but definitely the influence that I had from this 
friend in college was huge and it set me down this path of really questioning the way that I viewed men and sexual encounters. So as I start viewing men more with more liberty, like I start thinking, well, it's not, it doesn't make me lesser than to be with someone casually as I had, I had grown up hearing from my mom, from pastors at church, I, I like that kind of sent the gears turning in my mind of maybe I can explore and I can have fun. But in doing that, there was also the coupling of what I mentioned, my relational trauma and my upbringing and my views of intimacy. They, they poked its head alongside that narrative of of finding freedom through exploring my sexuality. So two of the top running narratives for me were always, it was always thinking that there were no men available that I could experience emotional and mental chemistry with because all men in my mind were operating at a physical level. And I thought that I was showing naivety and weakness by committing time and energy to something that was bound to not have any real commitment commitment so that was my my thought process at least one of the things that i thought about another thing was that committed relationships were bound to end but not before they took away a part of who i was and therefore i thought they weren't worthy of pursuing even though i didn't outright say these are my belief systems about men and relationships i very much carried them with me subconsciously and they informed this exploration I was having of casual sex. So, hand in hand with this distorted view of men and relationships was my insecurity and how I looked. That was also a part of the story. And I also felt insecure about what I could mean to a man, especially in the environment that I was in which placed so much value on being physically alluring to someone else. So in the beginning, I won't lie to you, I felt a sense of empowerment in having a man find me desirable, in exploring what I believed was taking the reins of our physical encounter. In reality, what I found out later was that I was only a spectator. I was fulfilling this guy's fantasy of me and nothing else, but I thought that I was taking control of the situation because of the very fact that I was being admired, and I'd never experienced that kind of admiration before, even though it was for my body and not anything more substantial, but in that moment, I wasn't questioning that. And this was because as much as I wanted to believe I was the one in full empowerment when I was intimate, the closeness of that dynamic and the inevitable pressure of having another person in expectation of something to happen, it can challenge anyone and it challenged me in that moment. And it really complicated my reaction to the man that I was sleeping with. I had not healed my relationship to men and to the masculine before doing these things, putting myself in these positions of, of closeness, I was still very much wounded by 
by men and my idea of them, but still I was seeking intimacy. So I, as I was physically intimate, I still held out an element of fear in potentially confronting the man that I was with if I felt my boundaries were being violated. And I had also been wrestling with people-pleasing, so that was also a component of these encounters. I was also still seeking validation, and I was trying not to rock the boat if things became tumultuous and I felt that they were unsafe. Because those were patterns that I was used to from childhood, from even my early teens. So even as I told myself that I had control in the situation because I was choosing to put myself in this position and and I was being revered by these men that made me feel like I had control over the situation, I was making the decisions, I was choosing what to expose, I was choosing what to try, what not to try. You know, I, I was very much being manipulated a lot of the time and I didn't know that I was but I was in the way that I was being spoken to in the way that I was made to feel and alongside these things that were happening these patterns that had made up who I was for so long that were coming to the surface that I didn't know were still there The self-worth wound, the insecurity wound were so deep that if I was being sought after, if someone was finding me desirable, that was kind of like a drug. You know, it it was this high that made me feel like everything else was not as significant until there came moments that were sobering, moments where the line was crossed between what was acceptable and what wasn't, what was dangerous and and what was just able to scrape by and it was fine. And I constantly treaded that line and I didn't know that it was hurting me more than helping me. Because my boundaries, they were very permeable for the reasons that I've stated, you know, people pleasing, fear of confrontation the desire for validation, but also due to what I now see was, like I mentioned, manipulation by the men that I entertained. Men that preyed on me not having the self-awareness and the inner security to judge and put a cold stop to whatever their acts were doing that were going beyond exploration and into territory that was really only pleasing them and that was hurting my body in the process. And my sobering moment came when I was with someone that completely bypassed and ignored a moment in which I thought I was, like, even though I wasn't verbally expressing that I wanted his advances to end, I was pushing him away and avoiding his touch, but he didn't stop. And this is my first time being fully conscious of something happening to my body that was completely disempowering and defeating. And I couldn't find the strength in me to yell or to do something that was more forceful to get this person to leave because there was 
a real playing out of questioning inside of me. I kept thinking that I had willingly placed myself in that situation. I flirted, I convinced myself that that was what I desired, convinced myself that I was in control and that I felt confident, radiant. So why did I feel taken advantage of in the moment? It didn't make any sense. And that was the questioning that was happening in my head as I was being assaulted by another person. So what happened? What was the dissonance that ended up happening that I felt the complete opposite of what I'd been looking for in this bodily autonomy? You know, in there being this huge dissonance inside of me that I couldn't understand, I actually ended up disassociating from the experience to be able to protect myself from how emotionally charged it was. And later, I would face the repercussions of it when I was able to remember the events. But there is trauma stored in my body that was born from this experience. And a lot of women face this. A lot of women undergo sexual assault. They are molested. They are raped. And they do not come to a full awareness of what occurred until years later and and they're faced with really just fear and shame and and depression from seeing the way that they feel responsibility for having placed themselves in a position that threatened their safety but for a long time i actually had an aversion to physical intimacy and I felt in some instances repulsed by imagining myself naked with another person. Where there used to be this element of confidence in seeing my body being admired by someone else. There came to be shame, there came to be, to be guilt and distrust and low self-worth. So, let me... I know that was a lot. And I wanted to share it because... Obviously, I've come a long way from the way that I view myself after what I went through with this experience and and seeing just the way that my, like the aspects that I mentioned of, of having low self-worth, of being a people pleaser, how that all came to be huge components of me choosing to undergo this path of seeking sexual liberation and and finding that there was a lot of darkness in that path of I didn't know myself and I didn't protect myself. I, I've come a long way from feeling so much shame and telling that story and and it's mainly been just thinking about women listening, women like you if you're currently tuning in and you've reached this far, thinking about how I don't want any other woman to be placed in this position and to look back many years later and and feel like they cannot approach intimacy in the same way that they once did with this joy and this liberty and and lightheartedness because everyone deserves to be able to approach it in that way because it can be that this episode is not saying like casual sex cannot be enjoy and joyful and cannot be joyous and lighthearted. It's saying that we have to know the way 
where we're coming from when we are approaching such intimate encounters. Because even though we might call it casual, quote-unquote casual, it's, it's being with another person and that person has their own motivations, their own desires, their own threshold of tolerance for things, their own traumas. And they're going to bring it to the encounter whether you want to admit it to yourself or not. Sorry to be blunt, but that's just the way that things are. That's reality. You cannot control how the other person presents themselves when they are in one of the most intimate kind of scenarios that you can be in. So one of the biggest lessons that I learned from my experience was that my image of female sexuality had never really been my own. I put so much pressure on myself to act a certain way, to want things that I honestly didn't fully understand at the time when I was being intimate. And I lost sight of who, who was showing up to seek liberation. I lost sight of me. I kind of gaslit my own self into believing the other person's liberty was also my own, when most of the time I was only the vessel through which they found climax that I didn't even partake in. But hey, because they found it through me that had to say something about my worth sexually, right? That's kind of the the way that I was talking to myself. I kept thinking, well, it must mean that I am finding confidence in my body, confidence in my ability to please another. If someone is showing that they're happy with the encounter, but where does my happiness lie? What about my fulfillment? Is that not important? And that, like I mentioned throughout this entire podcast episode, boils down to the relationship with myself. And I didn't really have a relationship with myself as I was doing those things. It just seemed like something desirable to chase, you know, sexual liberation, being able to feel confident in my body, being able to feel in control. They were all alluring concepts, but I was taking my baggage, I was taking my trauma alongside the chase for these things. And it was ending up, it was having me end up in situations that were compromising of my safety, of my worth, of my values. And I don't, ever want, like I said, someone to be in that position. So never mind that there was never an inherent belief in me that I was worthy because I struggled with worthiness all of my life. But I placed myself in these potentially dangerous situations to find it being confirmed by someone's pleasure that I was worthy. And it was a twisted way of finding worthiness, but a lot of us find it through very sometimes hurtful and twisted pathways that benefit others, but they never really benefit us when we think about it. And perhaps I didn't hear it enough back then that sexual expression could only occur through emphasizing fully consensual sex, because I didn't really hear that as much as I hear it now. 
But I believe honestly that even if I had heard it, these internal patterns going on inside of me, born from trauma and the environment that I was in, it would have led me down this path either way into feeling these fleeting feelings of comfort and confidence. Because when you're planted in in a mental and an emotional state of turmoil like the one that I was in when all of this was playing out, an experience that is as easy to attain as this one of physical intimacy, it can seem like a quick fix, though it continues to be a reflection of what's inside, of you and, and of me, and therefore it will result in more turmoil in the long term. And it might even be turmoil that looks super similar to the one you have inside of you already. Your wounds may be reflected back to you by this search for liberation. Another thing that I learned from my experience was that there's this facet that I see a lot of seeking personal power through casual intimacy. And I subscribe to that, and I see so many women do it as well. And they pride themselves in foregoing any emotional significance in relationships because they feel this sense of power and sense of control in doing so. And frankly, the sex-positive movement throughout time, it has pointed us toward that mindset because women have been you know, encouraged to level out this stereotypical view of men, that men are the only ones that can be more aloof and that they can be sexual without needing an emotional connection. And obviously women have the same ability, but for a long time it was believed to not be so. And what I want to drive, the point that I want to drive with this is that though a woman can find that this dynamic works for her, And that she is self-aware enough to recognize that she's not in a season in her life in which she wants to invest in being emotionally in tune with someone. There can be the flip side. And there can be a woman that betrays her internal calling for, for a relationship dynamic that is more than just skin deep. But she engages in casual sex and she convinces herself This is her being in her peak confidence and embodiment, though she's subconsciously shutting down this integral desire in her. And potentially she's doing this while engaging in sex, engaging in sex in ways that I have listed from my own experience that are in the end a disservice to her instead of helping her in any way. But she perceives it as her choice when in reality it has stopped being her choice a long time ago. One of the biggest breakthroughs that I had with my experience with today's topic is that as I was seeking empowerment through casual relations, there were these, it was like a slew of unconscious beliefs that I had about myself and men and relationships that were informing a lot of the things I did. Most importantly, there was this big breakthrough for me in seeing that this action that I was taking was linked to my childhood, especially my relationship to my dad. 
there have been numerous psychological studies that connect the absence of a father to a woman's heightened sexual behavior, largely because the father's behavior influenced the daughter's attachment patterns to men. And I talk about attachment in one of my episodes uh, from a fatherless daughter to another fatherless daughter. I will link that in the po- in this podcast description so you can check it out. But basically, through this initial relation with dad, we formed these unstable bonds with men because there was a lack of security. And the timing of the loss of, of one's father also has to do with the way that intimacy is approached and generally girls who lose their fathers earlier on in their lives before the age of six, they show the highest rates of early sexual activity and promiscuity. And this is also the case for adolescents, so girls and adolescents. I really encourage you to check out a book that helped me understand the link between these two things, because I know if you're listening, you might be wondering how is it possible for one thing to be connected to the other. So there's a book by Dana um, Babol that's called The Fatherless Daughter Project. I will go ahead and link that too to the, to the episode description. It's a read that goes in depth into what the aftermath of having an absent father is like. So it's, it talks about all of the possible ways that you can lose your dad like by death, by abandonment, by him not being emotionally there, by incarceration, by him leaving to be with another man. It talks about all of the ways that abandonment can occur. And there's a chapter on relationships that explains how a portion of a father's job was to exhibit a secure understanding for the daughter, to understand, for her to comprehend how male-female relationships work. So the book addresses how when a father is emotionally absent, which was my case, they give a free pass to the daughter to look for someone or anyone to show them attention, whether it's good or whether it's bad. There's actually an excerpt from the book that I wanted to read that's related to today's topic. So one of the women that was interviewed for this book Um, that lacked a father figure, she describes her experience with um, exploring sex from coming from this place of being abandoned. So let me read that for you and we will discuss it after. So it says, Jen, 28. Her father died when she was three And she says that she really does not understand how to articulate her sexual needs. She thinks that she can be much more aggressive sexually if she does not feel an emotional attachment. She says, I can be seductive in the beginning, but the minute I connect with a guy emotionally, I turn into a prude. She not only had no direction as to how to form healthy male-female bonds, but she has learned how to use sexual avoidance to protect herself emotionally. The need for closure is there, yet like so many other women, Jen believes it makes her too vulnerable and she backs away. 
And then there's the testimony of Star. So Star is another woman that decided to give her testimony for the book. And she's 36, and her father was a workaholic who used... And she uses sex in the opposite way to the woman that we just met before. So the minute she meets a guy, she pursues and sleeps with him. She has no boundaries about where and how she has sex. She craves attention to create a temporary feeling of self-worth. And as a child, Star learned that feeling worthy was short-lived and that she had to work very hard to get it before it was gone. So she did. So, although she felt this rush of conquest and value from physical contact, the feeling quickly faded, leaving her emptier than before. Some of the words and phrases to note from the passages that I just read are the need for closeness, the fear of vulnerability, being more aggressive sexually when there's no emotional attachment, temporary feeling of self-worth, rush of conquest and value from physical contact, feeling quickly fades and leaves when feeling emptier than before. As I read these phrases, I can tell you with all certainty, I have been in both Jen and Star's shoes, and I have felt the exact same motivations, fears, and epiphanies that they have had. I have also felt that sensation of the feeling of empowerment quickly fading from being with someone else casually. And I have felt emptier than before once it's ended and I, I have felt that something inside of me has been violated. I have also felt the need for closeness but a great fear of vulnerability. And that all boils back down to attachment. And I really encourage you, if you are resonating with anything that I'm sharing about this dynamic between father relations and sexual promiscuity, I really encourage you to listen to that episode that I talked about from a fatherless daughter to another fatherless daughter because it's going to go much more in depth into this and I really think you can take something from it. So it has been life-changing for me to acknowledge these components of my experience without the added element of shame because feeling shame hasn't led me anywhere in the past. In fact, it's only caused me to shut down and ignore that the uncomfortable casual sex experiences that I've had hurt me in any way, especially in a physical way. So the discomfort of that can be a big catalyst for just shutting it down altogether and not learning if there are any unconscious internal patterns that are feeding into that and taking us into this cycle, this loop that we cannot escape. But with awareness, it can be possible to exit it and take better care of ourselves. So to conclude... Being sex positive can, at its best, be about creating a space that encourages pleasure and emotional relief for consenting adults. It can also advocate for autonomy of the body, especially for women that have historically felt like their bodies are not their own, but rather that of societal and male gaze. So while the patriarchal model 
hasn't kept women's bodies safe. It isn't the case that moving away from this and into sex positivity will automatically craft safety for women. So a woman still has, unfortunately, that responsibility with herself, not with other men, because a woman should never feel responsible for a man's reaction or actions to her body, to protecting her body. But she has that responsibility with herself to really dig dig deep into the motivations behind her actions and into the way that these actions are sitting with her. And while it's not always clear, as clear-cut as, you know, taking a stance because these are, these are tricky topics and a woman can defy her fears and assert control over her body, but it's not as easy as we would like for it to be because there are many components, like I mentioned, trauma is a big one that comes in to the way that we treat our bodies. That is why in this episode, I really wanted to focus on showing both sides, showing that women can have the desire to experience new confidence and freedom by exploring their sexual nature. And they can still, at the same time, have a myriad of internal conditioning, beliefs, fears that are keeping her from reaping the benefits of this exploration that she can now have without being shamed in society because we're living in a new in a new time. Therefore, in the end, this episode is really not about judging whether the action of giving away one's body is good or if it's bad. It was, first of all, never a judgment, but also it was never as simple as that. Giving away one's body is just another action that can be done by anyone, whether man or woman, but like all things, it's the motivation behind what is being done that informs what we take from it. Is it being done from a place of repressed pain, lack of self-worth, anger with men? And how is our motivation informing the safety of our approach? Are we doing things without paying mind to how our bodies can become victims of sexual trauma without us even knowing? If you found that some of the things that I mentioned in this episode resonated with you and your journey, I encourage you to reflect on this motivation and this approach that you're taking toward the way that you bring your vessel, your body, into these encounters. You do not have to come to a moment of sexual assault like my own to ask the tough questions that will reveal what's behind giving your body to someone else. And I really hope with all of my heart that it does not come to that point that you feel like your search for liberty and confidence is met with a further stagnation and just suppression of the beautiful light and human that you are. Because we all deserve to be in a safe and giving and respectful environment to explore our radiance and the breath of who we are. And I really hope that if you took one thing from this episode, it was that looking within, prioritizing the motivations behind what you do is crucial. No matter what our culture tells you, 
no matter how loud the buzz is for finding this freedom and this confidence and what the statement nowadays is hot girl energy hot girl summer and being able to to be with more than one person and to find control in that no matter what you hear how loud the buzz is for finding this avenue towards confidence eventually you are going to come to a point in which you have to prioritize your judgment, your safety, your comfort, your happiness. And that's what I want to leave off with. Thank you. I'm sending you all of my love. And I hope to have you join me for the next episode. Bye. There is no right time to begin working on the parts of ourselves we may have neglected for the majority of our lives. If you're here, it is for a reason. I am so proud of you for asking the tough questions and delving into what comes of these. May you find the deepest healing and transformation on this path. Thank you.